What is going on, constant listeners? You are listening to the Krypton Cast on the DC Comic Geeks Nation podcast, and I am your host, Brian from Earth 16. And in this segment, I'm going to share with you my feelings on Krypton on Sci Fi's cancellation, and in my opinion, what they should do to keep the show alive. Keep it real, people. And what is going on, everyone? Hope you all are doing really awesome and having a good time as you're listening to the Krypton cast on the DC Comic Geeks Nation podcast. And hopefully, so I'm going to get into the cancellation of Krypton and how I feel about it and what I feel like they should do about what they should do to keep it alive and keep it going, keep the show Krypton going. So here's a little um, synopsis. On April, on August of 16, not April, August of 16, the Hollywood Reporter reported or announced that Krypton was being canceled. Now, I initially thought this was a joke, but as soon as I read the article on my Twitter feed, I was just completely bummed out, and I was like, what the hell, man? See, whoever who's, whoever's bright idea was um, to actually cancel the show, whoever it was, I mean, who, who came up with a bright idea just to do it, they really torpedoed a awesome, a really awesome show. And I think, it, and I most certainly believe it was an awesome show. Could have been up there with, with I mean, with Smallville, with Firefly. I mean, a lot of awesome shows, man. And it was not just an, a Superman origin story. It was an origin story of the origin story of Superman. It was not just an awesome superhero show. It was an awesome science fiction show. It delved a lot into society, religion, politics, economics, revolution. And let me give you some examples. In terms of society, you saw the elite, which were ranked. Then you saw the rankless. There was really no middle class. It was just either you were either elite or you were either rankless in the society of Kandor and Krypton. That was the end all be all. But then you also got in, you also saw religion in the show. The voice of Rao was basically a prophet of the god, the Kryptonian god Rao, who Kryptonians actually worship. Then it goes into politics. The Lawmakers Guild, led by, of, of course, not- notable members, Nissa Vex and uh, Darren Vex. Economics, self-explanatory, going back to the rankless society, which Seg grew up in, Seg L grew up in. And then, of course, you have Revolution, which was started by Black Zero, wanting to overthrow the voice of Rao the government led the theocratic government led by the voice of Rao. And later on, Val L's resistance movement wanted to overthrow Zod. And in terms of revolution, you saw toward the extremes. The voice of Rao, obviously Black Zero wanted to throw overthrow the voice of Rao, and they accomplished that goal, but only for General Zod, who turned out to be Lyta, Zod, and Seg L's son, to rise into power. Now, you saw sort of the extremities here. So after that, Val-El's resistance had to overthrow Zod. Now, Voice of Rao was xenophobic. He didn't believe that there was anything outside of Krypton, like Val-El did. Whereas when Zod came into power, he did um, tell the whole Kryptonian public that, yes, there is life outside of Krypton. But 
Zod's approach was to set at the same time we're going to conquer these people and show just how great Krypton is. And I think the whole center, the whole goal of Krypton, the story centered around a better tomorrow. And that's what the House of L wanted to do. They wanted to create a better tomorrow for Krypton. And we see so, so much of that hope throughout those episodes. Seg L and his family being a good presence to the Wrinkless, giving them hope because of Val L's sacrifice, because of Val L standing up to the establishment and telling them that they were not going to push him around. And Seg, and just the fact that so many of the Wrinkless learned, grew to love the House of L, Seg and his parents, even after they passed away, they paid respects to Seg. And I think another vision of a better tomorrow, I think, was when in season two, when Corvex finally became Jorel and Nissa Vex decided to end the House Vex line with her. And even in herself, sort of become an honorary L. I mean, Nissa L, do you think just the sound of that, Nissa L, that would have that that sounds really awesome. That would have sounded so awesome. And it, it turned out the fact that she is the grandmother of Superman and Supergirl. And it's no wonder where Supergirl gets her blonde hair. I mean, go figure, right? And of course, Val Elna's resistance was not was a symbol of a better tomorrow. And especially with him exiling Jack Sir from command and like stripping her of command because he was, because of what he, her extremism didn't match up to what he believed in and what the resistance believed in. I think it's an example of a better tomorrow. Now, and also too, Kem L is another example. I mean, him of standing up to Doomsday, he was willing to sacrifice his life for a better tomorrow and flip off Doomsday and, and tell him, you know what? I may be scared of you though, but you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna hurt these people. I'm not gonna let you. And he was able to he was able to beat Doom I mean, in a sense he did beat Doomsday. I mean, he did, quote-unquote, crush his ass. I thought that was a funny line by Adam Strange right there that he gave him. He did crush Doomsday's ass. And if Season 3 were to somehow come back, if they were to somehow to revive, to keep Krypton alive and get Season 3 up and running, I would love to see some flashback scenes with Ken Mel because he was one of my favorite supporting characters. He was a really funny guy. A total comic relief. So I'm going to bring go into what the show meant for me. And it really made me appreciate Superman more because he is one of my favorite superheroes. Before Batman, before Green, Green Ranger, before Han Solo, there was Superman. Superman to this day is still my favorite superhero. And because he believes in truth, justice, in the American way, he also believes in seeing the good in people. Even if they're bad, Superman doesn't, Go the extreme. He has his limits. And I think Seg L, he got that from Seg L. That's where it comes from. Just that sense of archaic heroism and not going too far. And with this show, it made me start believing in a going back to a better tomorrow. Because around the time the show started going, I was a bit of a low point in my life. But when I heard that mantra, a better tomorrow, believe in a better tomorrow from Seg L and Val L, 
I begin to have more of a positive outlook on my life. I begin to actually use that statement even when I'm talking to people, even at work or even at home. Because whenever someone at my work especially asks me how, how I'm doing, I always tell them, doing well and working toward a better tomorrow. And one time I told someone that same mantra at church and a smile just came off this person's face. And she said, you know, I might start using that. So I personally want to thank the cast of Krypton for making me believe that there is a better tomorrow, no matter what. From the act, the cast, to the producer, to Cam Welsh, Cameron Cuff, you know who you are. You guys are awesome. And I just want to thank you for reinstilling that in me again, because it made me feel like my six-year-old self when I was watching Superman. And when I first saw Superman, it was when I was watching the Richard Donner movies with Christopher Reeve. To me, that was it was totally awesome to see a man fly and to believe that a man could fly, because I started to believe that I could fly. Shoot, I even... It was to the point where I wore a cape and I was flying around or pretending to fly around. At one time, I flew around. I broke a vase. <laughs> I mean, that's it had that profound effect on me. And this show, it, it got me back to like, it got me feeling like my six-year-old self again. Because Cameron Cuff, he may have not been Superman, but he was just like Superman. So in a sense, he almost was a Superman in that show from the George Reeve wink that he did to the Henry Cavill put up your Dukes dance he did to the Christopher Reeve quote that he told Azad saying general care to step outside awesome and you can tell he really studied the role and he was really having fun and I really hope and I really hope that somebody picks up Krypton somebody whether it's AMC, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, the Warner Streaming Service, YouTube, hell, the CW Network. Because this show is so awesome. So speaking of season three, actually, well, I wasn't really talking that much about season three, though, but I'm going to get into what season three would have been like, according to Cam Welsh, who was one of the showrunners of Krypton. And he said in the tweet that he probably might have been in trouble for this. So, but I thought it was a pretty good, uh, sort of a good setup here. And it goes a little something like this. So season three, the beginning takes place in Pivek. Uh, can't really read this, but it says Chakuta, Chakuta, Autonomous or Kerberg, Russia, 2020. So it says here that a school bus loads up kids to take home. And a quiet boy steps aboard, looking for a seat. His eyes darting anxiously beneath a mop of dark hair, looking a bit like Seg if you squint hard. As he moves along, he is tripped suddenly by a tall bully with a buzz cut. Bully stands over the boy, calling him names, calling him weak, wishing he'd stand up and fight him. But the quiet boy restrains himself, temping down emotions, taking a higher road. The boy exits the bus as the satisfied bully looks on. That's what I thought. So you can definitely sense some vibes here. I mean, especially some Man of Steel vibes. If you've seen the movie Man of Steel, you know that young Clark Kent was sort of bullied, but then basically sort of made friends with the bully. Continuing. Later on, the boy sits alone, waiting for his ride. A kind man pulls up and sits down. He reminds us of Jonathan Kent in his muddy coveralls and beat-up truck. 
He speaks to his son who feels different than everyone, feels alone. His father tells him the world is filled with bullies and good people have to stand up to them. We're all meant for something bigger than ourselves, but bullies, they work to keep us from reaching where we are meant to go, for being who we're meant to be. It's good advice from a good dad. It reminds us of the conversations we've all seen rooted in a small Kansas farm town. Lost Muffle references too, by the way. Um, the duo arrives at a secluded property. So the father and the son, a large abandoned industrial plant looms in the fields. Beyond a small shack, the father stands at his truck, watching his son nervously approach the door. Boy clenches his fist at his side, determined to do his his dad proud to make things right. Boy knocks and the bully the bullying opens the door, an inscrutable look on his face. He says nothing as the boy reaches deep down and tells the bully no more. He won't be pushed around. And in the beautiful moment of quiet heroism, the bully reaches out his hand and offers his friendship. The bully stares at a moment, surprised. Then he takes a quiet boy's hand. Boy smiles. He glances back at his proud father. But when the boy's eyes return to the bully's, the bully's eyes glow red. With a scream, he obliterates the boy with heat vision. Nothing left but singed dirt as the boy's father grabs a rifle from his truck, rushes the shack. Tearfully, he meets the bully's eyes as the father is killed by a brainiac tendril to the throat, tossed aside like nothing. Brainiac steps from the shack, shadows looking like our man Blake of Ridston, but with no green skin. His eyes are black as he puts a hand on the shoulders of the bully, revealing this is Jorel, his adopted son. Jor apologizes, conflicted over what he's done, but Brainiac tells him to never apologize for the power he possesses. Strength is a virtue necessary to survival. Jor is meant for something bigger. As a boy hugs Brainiac, we hear Jor utter four chilling words. I love you, Dad. Wow. Just imagine what season three would have been like. With that scene alone, I mean, that is a powerful scene right there. Jor-El being manipulated by Brainiac. And just imagine, if this season were to pick up, just imagine what's, how Seg would react, how Nyssa, Nyssa would react if they found out that their son was being manipulated and used by Brainiac. I mean, at this point, I mean, it's probably going to take more than Lobo to take to get Jor-El back and beat the living crap out of Brainiac. And for all I know, Seg may very well need to get Jor's brother out of Black Mercy to help him with his cause. Somehow, someway, he's probably going to have to sell that to Zod, Drew Zod, his, his other son with Light of Zod. I mean, that's 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 the only way I can see them getting Jor back. He's probably gonna have to. He's probably gonna have to do that somehow. But I mean, that's just my theory. I mean, if they were to bring this season up and running, that I would I would totally see that happening somehow, some way. Like it would almost be like a seg recruiting everyone, every baddie to help him get Jor back. And I want to see why Zod would. I want to see why Zod would refuse. I mean, despite the fact that, okay, yeah, he's Jor-El. I mean, that's his brother. That's his blood brother. 
he's Kryptonian. And not all and all Kryptonians don't like Brainiac, so I mean, yeah, me the enemy is my friend. That's the only thing I can see. Of course he'll probably recruit Lyta, but then again, that whole conflicting love triangle would come about between him and Nyssa. And I don't know if I mentioned this in the last um Krypton cast, but this is stuck on an island, which appears to either be Thanagar or it could very well be Apocalypse in disguise because we did see that Omega symbol, which is often associated with Darkseid. So we don't know how that would go about, but if they were to get the season back up and running, which I really hope to God that they do, we would totally love to, I would totally love to see that, just how all that pans out. And I even heard somewhere on the Vine that the Lobo season's not, or the Lobo show is not definitely scrapped. So hopefully, in some capacity, we're gonna we're gonna see Seg and company again. I'm really hoping that we do. So that's gonna wrap it up for this Krypton cast on the um, DC Comic Geeks Nation. If you like us, follow us on Twitter at the DC Comic Geeks Nation podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Brian's Comics underscore one. You can also follow our YouTube page, and of course, I mean we're setting up a, we're actually already set up a Patreon account. So if you haven't had the chance. We'd love for you to become a patron, so that'd be really awesome. So, as I always say, stay ever so awesome and keep believing in a better tomorrow, as I say right now also. This is Brian Brian from Earth-16 signing out. Oh, oh.